I'm John Carter in Moscow, in Havana, Cuba. Now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, right here in communist China, reporting from India. Hi, I'm John Carter in the Solomon Islands. I'm John Carter in Soweto, from El Salvador. I'm John Carter in Sydney, Australia. My heroes and what they taught me. A personal message from John Carter. Hello, friend. I'm John Carter in the great city of Los Angeles. Welcome today to the program. Andre Sakharov was one of my great heroes. I'm going to tell you the story of the man who created the greatest hydrogen bomb blast in the history of the human race. In spite of that, he became one of my great heroes. Today, we're going to talk about heroes, some of my heroes. I've met some remarkable people, and I'm going to tell you their stories, what they taught me, and maybe what they can teach us together. We went to the city of Gorky in the year 1992. That was the city of Andrei Sakharov. Why we went there and how we went there is quite an interesting story. I can't tell you the details, but I can tell you some things. We had just run the first ever full evangelistic campaign in the history of the Soviet Union. That was in 1991, and it took place just down the road from the Kremlin in a place that was called uh, the Palace of uh, Culture. And there we saw, I believe, the mighty power of God. There we saw the glory of God. By the grace of God, we had a tremendous breakthrough. Uh, I even spoke one evening on Good Evening Moscow. I mean, this was sort of astounding. Uh, this is Andre, the director, the producer, went on the, on the set of Good Evening Moscow. This is when the communists were still in power. One of the most amazing stories, I still get goosebumps thinking about it because this was the time of, of atheism. Andre said to me, uh, tell us about God. We don't know anything about God. And there on the set of Good Evening Moscow that was broadcast from Moscow right across to Vladivostok, uh, millions of people were watching. He asked me, tell us about God. I talked to him about God. And then on the set of Good Evening Moscow, it's my privilege to, uh, to talk to them about prayer. I said, does anybody here know about prayer? We don't know anything about prayer. Does anybody, do you know any? No, we don't know anything about God. I was talking to atheists at the heart of the evil, at the heart of the evil empire right in Moscow. And this is when the Soviet system was still in charge. So we had a tremendous breakthrough. We had tremendous crowds. We saw the power of God. We saw professors coming from Moscow University. We saw people uh, who were uh, strong atheists finding God for the first time in their lives. Then Pastor Kulikov, the president of our church, asked us to come back the next year, 1992, and run a campaign in the Great Hall of Congresses right in the very heart of the Kremlin, the heart of the evil empire. 
we were successful in booking this place. <laughs> Amazing, a miracle. We raised the money, we got a, got a deposit. Danny Shelton helped me to raise the deposit. And so we booked this place. And uh, I want to tell you folks something. <laughs> I want to tell you folks, saying I thank God for Danny Shelton, how he stood by me in those days, still does. But I want to tell you something. I have seen the power of God. I don't just talk about it. But then something happened and I can't tell you about it. I can't tell you about it because uh, it's better to let some things just be forgotten. I believe in the text that all things work together for good, but something happened and we couldn't follow through with our plans, what the Russian church wanted us to do and preach in the great hall of congresses. Uh, We were told to go to the city of Gorky and that was the city of Andrei Sakharov. And we went there because God had something far better in store for us. Our disappointments, my friend, are often God's appointments. And we went to Nizhny Novgorod, that's what it's called today, or the city of Gorky, the city of Andrei Sakharov, and there we saw the mighty power of God. It had been a closed city. No foreigners were allowed to go to Gorky since the days of that evil man, Stalin. Sakharov, one of my heroes, had been sent there as a prisoner. He was the father of the Soviet hydrogen bomb, and yet he became one of my great heroes. He was the leading nuclear scientist in all of Russia. He was brought up as a Christian. And after he made this infernal monster, the hydrogen bomb, he became a conscientious objector, a dissident who opposed the totalitarian government of the Soviet Union. That, my friend, took an immense amount of courage. Andrei Sakharov then went on a great campaign um, for freedom. He campaigned against war. He said, if we have a nuclear war, we're all going to die. He campaigned against nuclear weapons and racism and pollution. He campaigned uh, for freedom of speech. Let freedom ring. Freedom of speech, freedom of thought. That a person's got the right to think what he wants to think and to say what he believes he should say. He campaigned for freedom of the press. He campaigned for an open society, freedom of information, freedom of, uh, listen to it, freedom of conscience, the right to travel and to live where you want to live. And so he was branded a dangerous man. He was branded a heretic and an enemy of the state. Now, while this was going on, he was given the Nobel Peace Prize in 1975, but he was not allowed to go to Oslo and pick it up. His wife was allowed to go. Then his three children rejected him because he was threatening their privileged lifestyles because this man was such a big shot. 
He was vilified as a traitor to the state, and that is always dangerous. He was arrested in 1980, and wait for it, he was sent to Gorky, the city where we were sent. When we could no longer hold the great meetings because the meetings somehow were taken from us, but I can't tell you that story. The great hall of congresses that we had booked, we paid for it, all the rest of it. Can't tell you that story. But in the grace of God, we were sent to the, the city of Nizhny Novgorod or the city of Gorky. And this was the best thing that had ever happened to us because it was a God thing. Sakharov had been sent there, placed in isolation in a small apartment, not allowed to take any phone calls. One of my heroes, because of his courage and his great integrity, oh God, give us today men of courage, give us men today of integrity who will stand up for the truth. What do you say, my friend? We need to have men like this. Then another one of my heroes comes on the scene. His name was and is Mikhail Gorbachev. In 1986, he called Sakharov in Gorky, where we were sent, and said, I want you to come back to Moscow and I want you to become a member of our parliament. Gorbachev, my friend, was a real, real hero. I respect him immensely. He gave us glossnos, openness, a perestroika, a reorganization of the wicked communist system. So with God's help, because of Gorbachev and Sakharov, we went to Gorky, the city of the famous dissident, the man who thought for himself, the man who believed in freedom of conscience, the man who believed in the individual, one of the reasons I love the United States of America is because of the emphasis upon the individual, that all people are created equal and they have the right to freedom of speech. And there in the city of Gorky, we ran a great evangelistic campaign that influenced the whole Russian nation. Hallelujah, amen. And that's where I met another great Russian hero, Boris Nemtsov. He was the governor. I just admire this man so much, Governor Boris Nemtsov, a man with a PhD in physicist. And when we started the meetings in Gorky, firebombs were thrown on the stage as I was preaching. They were out to get me. It's often dangerous to preach the word of God. And Boris Nemtsov came to our aid. He sent the militia and delivered us out of the hands, out of the mouths of the lines. Uh, I met him, 92. I think I touched his life and he touched mine. He was a great defender of freedom. I met him at the Kremlin. Uh, we were invited to go up to the Kremlin and meet the governor. Uh, it was a, a, quite a, just an, an amazing and astounding meeting. More recently, Boris was murdered on the bridge next to the Kremlin a hero and a fighter for freedom. Now, today we're talking about my heroes, but you've got heroes too. But I'm talking about the people that I personally knew. This is Dr. Julia. Dr. Julia Ugana, she was there at the funeral of her brother 
in Moscow. I want to read a text now. I want to come over here to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. And Hebrews chapter 12, as some of you will know, is a chapter on Hebrews. Hebrews 11 is a chapter on the Hebrews, uh, uh, on the Hebrew heroes, the great heroes of faith. But chapter 12 is a bit of a summary. And I want to read verse 1. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The Bible says we're surrounded by a tremendous crowd of witnesses. And it's talking about the great witnesses of faith, these great heroes. Uh, it's talking about the hero heroes, the Hebrew heroes of Hebrews 11. It talks about Abel. Yeah, it talks about Enoch. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. Hebrews 11, verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He was one of God's mighty heroes, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, mighty heroes. And today we're talking about some of the great unsung heroes, not so much the heroes of the Bible, but heroes that nobody, almost nobody, knows about. I want you to notice Hebrews 11, verse 32 and 33. What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. You're listening to me, friend. We're talking today about ordinary people, but ordinary people who did extraordinary things. I'm talking today about some of the heroes that I've known, men and women whose, whose faith, whose actions changed the course of history. Now, the, the heroes I'm talking about today are not written down in the Bible. I'm talking today about unsung heroes. Perhaps you've never heard of them. Largely unknown, unrecognized, not famous, but heroes just the same. People I personally knew or met who touched my life in a powerful way. One of these unsung heroes, or two of these unsung heroes, Pastor and Mrs. Murgar. You say to me, who on earth are these people? We've never heard of Pastor Mrs. Murgar. Well, they worked in the city of Kiev in Ukraine. Pastor Murgar was imprisoned by the communists. Why was he imprisoned? Because, my friend, he wouldn't inform on his church members. Now, back in those dreadful days, there were informers who used to tell the government about the sheep of the flock 
What a disgrace. But Pastor Murgar was one of the great soldiers of the cross. There he is with his wife, with Beverly and me. One of the greatest people I've ever met. I want to tell you just a little bit about Pastor Murgar. He was thrown into prison. He was beaten up. He was mistreated. He was there for years. And the communist guards would say this to him, just tell us about your church members. Tell us everything about them. Uh, just tell us what they do and their friends and we're going to let you out and we're going to make you an officer in the KGB. We'll make you a colonel and you'll get special rewards. This is what the communists did, try to do to the Christians. But Pastor Murga said, yet, 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 never, never, never. He was there in prison for years. I got to know him. He's one of my great heroes. When I was threatened by the state authorities in 1995 in the city of Kiev, in order to go to town hall, he stood by me. What happened? We were running these meetings. The Spirit of God was being poured out. Tens of thousands of people were coming to the meetings. You say, that doesn't happen anymore. Yes, it does. I've seen the power of God. I'm not an armchair theologian. I'm not just talking about stuff, making it up. This is the truth. And so the city authorities were so afraid of the success of the meetings that I was called to city hall and interrogated and threatened. They even threatened me with my life. But Pastor Murger was waiting outside the door. And when I came out and he was there with his colleagues, he said to me, what happened? Did you surrender? I said, by the grace of God, we did not surrender. You know what he said to me? I'm embarrassed to tell you. Do you want to hear? He said, I was afraid that because you were living in the West, you would have surrendered because I know that they were threatening you. So he said, we've been out here praying to God that God will give you courage not to deny Christ. I told him, by the grace of God, I said to them one word. <laughs> and I said it over and over, and I said it over and over again. I said, Niet, 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 no. I said, you can lock me up, you can throw me in prison, but by the grace of God, we are not going to close down the meetings. We will not forsake Christ. And the man who was standing by my side was Pastor Murgar. Uh, later, I stood beside the commanding officer at a military march pass. I've had some amazing experiences. <laughs> I, I've just been amazed. I was asked to go and stand up beside the, the general, and he said, would you like to take the salute? I said, look, really, I'm not into too much of that stuff. I'm just a beaten up old pastor. He said, we want you to come up here and the troops march past. This, my friend, was in Kiev. People say, we can't believe these things. Of course you can't, if you don't have faith. But my friend, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But Jesus said, if we have faith in God, everything will be possible. But what am I telling you about the story, this story here about the soldiers for? Because after I had spoken to a vast number of these soldiers that I had inspected on parade. Uh, the general said to me, these, these people here need to have Bibles 
and they need to hear the word of God. And so I, I preached to them a sermon. But this is not the end of it. There was someone who stepped forward like an apostle to preach and to teach to these soldiers and to the general and the colonels and all the rest of them. That was Mrs. Murgar. Pastor Murgar came along with his wife. He said, I'm giving, I'm preaching here, I'm preaching there. We don't have any more preachers, but we've got someone here who's prepared to come and to stand in the breach and to answer the call. That was Mrs. Murgar. I just want you to know, I get a lump in my throat when I think about these people. These are my heroes. Another great hero, Pastor Mikhail Kulikov. He became the president of our church and he was the person who asked me to go to the Hall of Congresses. I felt so bad about this, but it was just taken out of our hands. But we, we can't tell you that story. It's best to let some things just die and realize that God is bigger than men and God can overthrow the crafty counsel of men. And if we trust in God, it's going to be okay. But when Pastor Kulikov was a young man, he used to go along to church with his father. His father was preaching one day in the pulpit and the communists came, the KGB came and they took him away and he never saw his dad again. You know what this man did? This is almost too hard to believe. This man, Mikhail Kulikov, he said, I'm going to be in the pulpit next Sabbath. And so next Sabbath, he was there in the pulpit and he was preaching the word of God. That takes a lot of courage. What would you do? If the government says you're not allowed to do it, what are you going to do? Let me tell you, my friend, something. I want you to hear this loud and clear. God is our first authority, not the government. God. It's better to obey God than it is to obey men, the Bible says. So this man, Pastor Kulikov, he was sent to Siberia. I've been to Siberia many times. It gets terribly, terribly cold. I've been in Siberia when it's minus 40 without the wind chill factor. It's cold. If you spit, the spit hits the ground as ice. You say, that's a story? Yeah, but it's a true one. So he was thrown into prison and he had to work in the daytime, had to go out in the forest and cut down trees. And down the road from this prison, there was a little village and there was a Christian family, Adventist Christians, beautiful young woman, and she was praying that God would send her a husband. <laughs> Where do you find a husband in that part of the world? Then she heard about this young man in prison and he was hungry and so they used to take him food, <laughs> borscht, hot Russian bread. And they fell in love. She became Mrs. Kulikov. When I went there to Moscow, by the grace of God, when communism was still ruling, this man became my translator. I want to tell you folks something. I salute these people. Look, we are simply, we're babies compared with these people. We don't know how, what suffering is like. But some of these people have been through absolute hell and they've stood for Christ. What can I learn? 
I can learn many, many lessons. And one lesson is courage. Like Paul the prisoner had. Paul the prisoner. Goodness me. Paul the prisoner. There he is. Became one of my great friends. Why do we call him Paul the prisoner? Because he was thrown into prison. Why was he thrown into prison? He was thrown into prison because he was running in secret a little printing press. That was a big no-no. Because once you start putting stuff out, people may find out about God. He was turned in by a leader of the church. You say, those things don't happen. Of course they happen. Back in those days, there were people who were betraying each other. People in the church were betraying their brothers and their sisters. There's a text about this, Luke 21, verse 16 and 17. And I'm going to read this text. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Paul, the prisoner. Okay, are you still with me? Are you listening? You'll be betrayed, will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death and you'll be hated by all, by all for my name's sake. You say, I can't believe this. Well, Jesus said it's going to happen. Even your loved ones are going to be, betray you. But Jesus said, now listen to me. Jesus said, be faithful unto death and I'm going to give you a crown of life. I want you to know this. We are living in the time of the apocalypse. Now I'm going to tell you the story of Paul the prisoner how he was thrown into a refrigerator cell, how they'd freeze him up and throw him out, freeze him up, throw him out, then beat him up and knock his teeth out. All this is coming up in the next segment. I've got so much to share with you. I'm talking today about God's mighty heroes. Stay with me, please. I'll be back with you just a moment. The Cotter Report is now streaming on demand for you. Now you can have the teachings of John Carter anytime, day or night. By streaming The Carter Report, there is more content for you to choose from, and it's easy. If you are new to streaming, all you need to do is purchase a streaming device. It doesn't really matter which one. You can buy a Roku, Amazon Fire, or Apple TV from any major retailer. You, or a family member, can plug the device into your TV and sign in to your internet connection. Do a search for the Carter Report and download the app to your device. From then on, your device and the Carter Report app can provide you with hundreds of on-demand programs. You can also take the Carter Report with you wherever you go. The official free Carter Report mobile app can be downloaded to your phone or tablet. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the app. Additionally, you can find Carter Report programs on your favorite podcast. You can also watch us on Vimeo or YouTube. Type the Carter Report in the search box. You can watch hundreds of uninterrupted John Carter teachings whenever you want for as many hours as you want. Travel with John Carter as he circles the globe to bring the gospel to millions of people. Watch the Carter Classics 
from over 50 years of ministry and gain knowledge from stimulating interviews with Christian leaders. You now have multiple ways to watch The Carter Report. And once you start streaming, you'll find comfort in having these teachings readily available to you whenever and wherever you want for free. Welcome to the inspirational world of John Carter. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.